The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, fantasy tragic FS degenerates all over the world. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome to. Hoopballs NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Brenton Eckersley. I come to you live or recorded, as it is, all the way from South Australia. Uh, and over on the other side of the world, uh, it's been a little while, David Menkoff. How are you doing over there in New York City? Doing well. Excited to jump back on with you. Like you mentioned, it's been too long, so I'm glad we can jump into another one of our wonderful little Friday night slates. Absolutely, man. It has been too long. And as we were just chatting off air, work's just been a little bit nuts for me. So uh, the prices drop here, you know, halfway through my work day. So, uh, you know, I have to find a balance there. Luckily, I I do work from home. So uh, that makes things a little easier. But yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the driver's seat with you alongside me, mate. Uh, This is our podcast covering the nine game NBA slate for Friday, February 26th. And just before we jump into this nine-game card, we just have to mention our presenting sponsor over there, mybookie.ag. Basically, these guys are one of the best, if not the best, rock-solid bookie platforms out there on the internet. And uh, we don't give out advice like this without people doing the hard work and putting in the time. And we have found that mybookie is just the best in the business. So that's who we want to talk to you guys about. If you guys are placing bets on NBA or the upcoming uh, Major League Baseball season, uh, you need to use my my bookie. It's just a rock solid place to put all your online betting. Uh, the only place you can trust uh, the one sports book guaranteed to give you the best lines in every sports contest that you want to have a look at. So. We've got an opening offer for you. If you haven't signed up with uh, my bookie before, it's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you love to bet on. Bet with the best people. Bet with MyBookie. All righty, Dave, let's get into it. Nine games. First game up here we have uh, Indiana Pacers traveling to Boston Celtics. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, the Celtics are favoured here by four, and the game total is at 218 and a half. Uh, on the injury report, Marcus Smart is still out, Romeo Langford still out for Boston, and on the Pacers side of the ball, uh, it is basically the usual suspects. It's Karis Lever out still, and TJ Warren still out. All the other guys are basically G League guys, so we don't have to worry about them. So uh, not not the fastest game total in the world, not the highest uh, game total, but it should stay close. So we hope it stays close. Boston haven't been that great lately. But uh, Indiana Pacers, Dave, uh, I've got targets on a couple of big guys here. I'm not sure if you have anyone you're looking at outside of those. Uh, Why don't you hit us off with the Pacers? Yeah, definitely called it. Uh, The Pacers, this is definitely a matchup that's going to be very interesting. Uh, As you mentioned, with the Celtics, they're going to have Kemba Walker back in the defensive end. So as far as in the Pacers side, I'm going to be starting, as always, with some of the big guys. So have to start with Malcolm Brogdon, 8,100. Uh, a guy that, that's been pretty rock solid for the most part this season. He's coming off uh, probably one of his worst games of the season, actually, against the Warriors, um, where he only put up 32 fantasy points. His price tag dropped $100. Um, after, before that game, he was putting up 55 fantasy points uh, previous two games. So I love Brogdon in a bounce back, bounce back opportunity against the Celtics defense. Despite of the Celtics defense, I still like him. I think he's a great mid-tier target and probably my favorite play on the Pacers side. Um, as far as Demonis Abonis, you know, he's a guy that we always want to talk about on any given slate. He's pretty much matchup proof uh, for the most part, especially against the non-existent Celtics really um, front line at this point. Um, but that price tag is a bit worrisome for me. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that can put up numbers in a hurry. Uh, and as far as high price, high price targets, he's definitely going to be one of my, my top picks. Um, but that's about it. Uh, Sabonis and Brogdon are the only two places I'm going to go, just given the potential for, for a low scoring game. I'm not going to take any shots on any of the other guys. 
uh, on this Pacer side. What about what about for you? Yeah, fair enough, man. Um, I'll, look, I, I'm slightly interested in Brogdon at 8100. He has had a couple of nice 50 plus point games recently. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys, but um, yeah, those are against the uh, Timberwolves and the Bulls, so I do like to go back and just see where those points were scored. As you mentioned, I think he only had 30-odd in the last one. 8,100, look, I just think we're going to find some guys further down the card uh, that I like a little more than Brogdon. Uh, in the backcourt, I'd probably rather, if I was going to go here, maybe go with TJ McConnell at 5,500. It just seems like a little bit of a better option off the bench, but I can see why you may not be playing ancillary guys here for the Pacers. Uh, uh, as far as Turner and Sabonis go, yeah, 10-4 for Sabonis. I mean, he's crushing that a, a lot of the time. Um, and this is the Boston front court. So uh, we can target Boston uh, front court. 10-4 is a high price tag. We've got a number of guys up around this, you know, high 9K or into the 10K salary coming up. Sabonis is definitely in play. Uh, you know, he did just destroy Minnesota for 81 DraftKings points. So the ceiling is there and his floor is around 45. I don't mind it too much. Uh, I will have some shares of Sabonis, not too many. Uh, and Miles Turner is the only other guy that I may look at here uh, at 6K. Look, the, no, no real ceiling with Turner. It's just a rock solid kind of play. If you land there, maybe if you want to play two centers in your lineup uh, with some other guys coming up, uh, he is an option. Let's bounce over to Boston. Uh, Jalen Brown at 8,600, Tatum at 93. Can you play either of these guys? You know, normally I would say I would probably look at Jalen Brown uh, versus Jason Tatum just given the price salary reduction, but the price tags are starting to get very close together. Uh, at this point, so it's hard to really trust either of them, especially with Kemba Walker back in the mix. Um, I actually prefer Kemba Walker at, at a significant price saving at 6,200 versus Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum in this matchup, uh, just because he's a guy that, again, has the potential for 35, 40 fantasy points, uh, especially against the Pacers defense. I don't expect Kemba Walker to, to be limited at, at all as far as minutes are, are concerned. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, again, they're going to be stealing a lot of the usage between the two of them. So it's really hard to trust either of them for me and anything other than GPPs. Uh, and just, for me, it's just Kemba Walker on the Celtics side. No one else really I'm going to be targeting in this one. Uh, there's just not enough usage to go around. As far as centers go, Robert Williams is always in play, usually, as a, as a terrific value play. But at 4200 his price tag has gone up a little bit. Um, I, I much prefer him in the, the 3,000 range, just given his volatility when it comes to minutes. Uh, and, and that's it for me on the Celtics. Who are you really going to look at on the Celtics side at all, if, if any? Yeah, if any is the thing. I'm not sure I have too much interest in Celt uh, the Celtics guys here. Um, you know, Robert Williams, only 14 minutes in the last one. And weirdly, Daniel Tice only played 11. I didn't catch that game. 11 minutes is extremely low. I don't know if he was injured or, or something. Do you know? Matchup thing, maybe? No, I, I no. It was more of a matchup situation for Daniel Tice. Okay. That's why he didn't get the, the minutes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Look, I'm, I'm either way. I'm probably not targeting any targeting any of the front court Celtics players against uh, the Twin Towers over there in Sabonis and Turner. Uh, yeah, Kemba Walker's definitely in play. Uh, he's probably just a bit of a guy that if you happen to land there, I think he's going to just be fine. He's going to have a rock solid floor around that 30 to 35 DK points, and you know, Indiana. Um, Backcourt defense doesn't really scare me off too much uh, now that uh, Oladipo's elsewhere. Um, he's a good price. Uh, as for Tatum and Brown, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going for either of these guys at the moment. Uh, Jalen Brown's just been kind of putting out mid-30s DK returns recently. He's had a couple of you know mid-40 games in there as well. Uh, but again, the, those games were against the Pelicans and against the, the Mavs, who give up a bucket load of fantasy scoring. So I'll pass on Brown, 9,300 for Tatum. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. He's, he's got a bit of a higher upside, but only just. He's only had a couple of 50-plus point games in the last eight outings, and paces are good defensively. It's a slow matchup. I think I will just pass there and move on. Let's jump into the next one. This one is the Houston Rockets traveling to visit the Toronto Raptors. I guess they are down in Florida, I think. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the Rockets here uh, favored. Sorry, the Raptors here are favored by eight uh, with a game total of 218. On the injury report, 
Not much coming up here. Uh, Dante Exum and Kenyon Martin Jr. both out for the Rockets. Nothing to worry about there. Uh, for the Raptors, we have... Oh, sorry. Uh, I've just missed a couple of uh, Houston guys because they are on the next page. Kevin Porter Jr. still out. Christian Wood still out. Uh, Toronto Raptors, the only thing there is Jalen Harris, who we do not have to worry about. So, look, uh, Rockets uh, versus the Raptors, a bit of another slow kind of matchup and not too tasty for me. Maybe a few options. What about Houston, Dave? Who do you have? Yeah, it's it's tough to really look at Houston. I mean, again, it's another one of those games that potentially is going to be extremely slow as far as tempo. Um, and the Rockets just are, are reeling. I, I know they got Victor Oladipo back, and, and that's where I'm going to start uh, as far as the Rockets side. I'm going to take some shots at Oladipo, 7,400 versus John Wall. I just think that, you know, given the price salary savings, he's coming back uh, from injury, played 32 minutes in the last game, which was a blowout didn't shoot particularly well, and he still put up 36 fantasy points. So at the very least, I think he's got a pretty solid floor uh, with the potential for 40, 45 fantasy points in this type of matchup against against the Raptors. So I'm going to be looking at Oladipo on the Rockets. That's pretty much it, uh, to be honest. The only other guys I'm really looking at would probably be Eric Gordon, 6200, uh, a guy that, that certainly gets plenty of shot attempts. Um, coming off 24, point F- 24 fantasy point effort, apologies, in 34 minutes, where he didn't shoot particularly well. In fact, his last two games, he shot a 33% from the field. I look for him to turn that around pretty pretty easily against the Raptors, um, and I think that price tag is, is at a point where it's worth taking some shots on Eric Gordon. Uh, and the front court is, is obviously a mess on the Houston side. Um, you know, Jay Sean Tate is a guy that I've been looking at in lineups up to this point, but with the old depot back to get a lot of the usage, I don't know if he's going to have as much of a of a facilitator role in this type of offense. So I'm not going to put a lot of interest in him. Uh, and that's really it. I mean, as far as centers go, Justin Patton at the bare minimum of 3,300 is worth a shot, I guess, if you, if, if we're expecting a blowout, but in any case, I don't think he's going to get enough minutes to, to warrant any ownership whatsoever. Um, so it's going to come down to Oladipo as my main target with a little bit of Eric Gordon sprinkled in as well. And, and that's it for me on the Rockets. Bang, same as me. Um, yep, I, I pretty much agree straight down the line there. It's, you know, a, a bit of a, a blender with Jay Sean Tate, uh, House Jr., Eric Gordon as to who gets usage and when they get it. Uh, I, I prefer those three guys much, much more when one of, you know, Depot is out or, or one of those guys themselves is out. You can start looking at the other guys for a little bit more usage. Out of those three, look, probably Daniel House Jr.'s a little bit jumping off the page for me at 5,100. He can have a decent night into the 30 DK point realm. 5,100 is pretty cheap for him at the moment. And as for uh, Depot and Wall, yeah, I'm with you. It's shots at Depot at 7,400. Wall at 8,200. Love John Wall, but that's a little bit steep for me, especially when these backcourt guys are facing Kyle Lowry and Freddie Van Vliet defense. Speaking of the Raptors, let's flip over to that side of the ball. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet, 8,300. Lowry, 7K. That's a big price discrepancy between those two guards, and I know which one I will be looking at. I would imagine it's probably the same for you, Dave Menkoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm hope we're on the same page here, but I'm going to go with the old Wiley veteran himself, <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. Um, at only 7,000, uh, that's kind of a disservice to Mr. Lowry. Um, a guy that is coming in fresh. Uh, he did put up. He played 35 minutes against the Heat, and he put up almost 50 fantasy points. And his price dropped somehow. So clearly, he was ever at DraftKings doing the pricing. Decided, hey, this is the perfect opportunity for a letdown performance. I disagree completely. I'm going to go Lowry 110% and not think twice about it. Um, he's probably one of my favorite mid-tier price guards on this slate. Um, and I much prefer him over Fred Van Vliet, 8,300. Uh, despite Van Vliet's potential higher upside, I just, I'll take the salary savings and run with it. Uh, and as far as Raptors go, it's tough with Larry back to cross Norman Power, 6,400. Um, OG Ananobi is a guy that I have been putting in lineups, I have to say, um, in hopes that he's going to have a breakout performance. He's yet to eclipse 30 fantasy points. I don't envision it to happen in this one either. So I'm going to probably stay away from OG Ananobi. And then, as, as I like to mention on this, on this podcast very often, Chris Boucher is a guy that I look at quite often um, as a great guy that 
seems to always bounce back whenever I mention him on the podcast. So I'm expecting another bounce back oh. Chris Boucher, 35-point potential fantasy game in this game against the Rockets. Book it. Um, I'm locking in Chris Boucher for, for 35 fantasy points. Whoa. Okay, man. You are the Chris Boucher whisperer. I like it. If that's what happens when you talk about Chris Boucher, can you please keep talking about Chris Boucher? Because he's in a couple of my season-long fantasy teams uh, and is bouncing up and down pretty badly sometimes. But um, look, as far as Lowry and Van Vliet go, uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. Lowry at the, the cheaper saving. Um, you know, came straight back in on Wednesday and had a line of 24, seven and eight with four threes and two steals. Uh, so yeah, 7K and he just racked up 49 DK points. So uh, his floor is really solid. I will definitely pay that rather than paying for Freddie tonight. Uh, yeah, OG Ananobi, I, I know what you mean about those breakout games. There's one coming. It's definitely coming sometime in the season. He's going to have that, you know, game where he hits 27 actual points and then you've got yourself a roaster. Uh, but yeah, I just can't trust that to happen. He's probably safe for cash though um i'm actually having a, a fairly good look here uh pascal siakam at 7900 um on the other side of the ball we've got pj tucker playing the five for the rockets again uh he's a pretty tough defender but he does not scare me off when you are talking about the length and athleticism of someone like siakam so uh jarrett allen from Cleveland, just cooked the Rockets front courts uh, yesterday, I think it was, to the tune of 26, 26 actual points and 18 rebounds with two blocks for 60 DK points plus. Uh, so, yeah, I can kind of see something similar happening for Siakam here. Uh, Boucher, 5,600, sure. I'd love to know the guy was getting minutes. Uh, maybe you've whispered him into it. Conjured 28 to 30 minutes of Chris Boucher for us. If that's the case, 5,600 is a fantastic price. Uh, that's probably it for me on the Raptors. We can move on to the next one. Phoenix Suns at Chicago Bulls, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time again. Uh, we have the Suns favoured by five. That seems low to me, but sure. And uh, the game total is uh, 2.26. We do have some news here uh, for Chicago, Larry Markinen remains out. Otto Porter Jr. remains out. That is about it. All we have to worry about for the Bulls and for Phoenix. No one to worry about, just G League players. Look, uh, this one's interesting. It's Suns defense. I don't like to play teams who are playing against the Knicks or the Suns. Um, I will not be looking at too much on the Bulls roster here, but the exact opposite can be said for Phoenix when playing up against Chicago. So we have to have some interest in some Suns, I would have thought. Dave, who do you have? Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned the Suns versus Bulls. I mean, it, it's certainly interesting because I have to just just shout out the Suns right now is the fact that Devin Booker basically willed himself through social media back on onto the roster and rightfully so for the All Star game. So just a quick shout out uh, for the Suns and Devin Booker. I have him in, in some leagues and and I'm I'm excited about his first All Star appearance. But I, I digress. Um, as far as the Suns go, I have to say that Chris Paul is definitely going to be in play for me against the Up Temple Bulls. Uh, Seventy five hundred is a pretty um, pretty tolerable price to, to pay. I noticed I, I didn't use my word. Uh, 50 fantasy points uh, in his last game. His price actually dropped in this one against the Bulls. I mean, this matchup is just it's just a guard dream. So I don't understand why they dropped his price. But with nonetheless, I'm still going to put a lot of interest in Chris Paul. And then the, his, his other backcourt mate, uh, Devin Booker, who I just mentioned, is also going to be in play quite a bit at only 8,000. I mean, that's a great salary. Um, one of one of the lowest salaries you're going to get for Devin Booker this season, um, coming off a 39-point effort, which he didn't really do much outside of score, which he doesn't normally do. But I fully expect him to get in the 40 to 45 fantasy point range, especially against the Bulls in an up-and-down type of contest. The only concern I have really is, is around whether this ends up being a blowout. If it stays close, uh, both these guys should absolutely crush value. Uh, and that's pretty much it on, on the Sun side. I'm not going to have too much interest in DeAndre Ayton, 6,800. He's a guy that is, is normally in play, but, but he just hasn't been able to get to that ceiling game uh, in, in recent efforts. So I'm not going to have a lot of interest in Ayton. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me on the Sun side. What about you, Brendan? Who's, who's your top pick on, on the Suns if you have one? 
Yeah, the top pick is is definitely uh, Chris Paul at 7,500. Uh, I love Devin Booker in this matchup as well. I'll just take the salary saving uh, for Chris Paul against this terrible Bulls back backcourt defense. Uh, CP3 is coming off 50, 20, 29, 56, and 48. So that's a little all over the place, but I'm sure there are probably a couple of blowouts in there on those lower nights. And that just shows you the potential that we do have uh, for a guy who is uh, at only 7,500. That seems uh, craziness to to me, I'm going to come back to Chris Paul at 7,500 and Kyle Lowry at 7K a lot as we go through this slate. Uh, I can see myself having shares of both of these guys very heavily. Aiton, no, uh, 6,800. He just has not got it together this season. And and while we're doing shout-outs, big shout-out to the guy in one of my Yahoo Fantasy Leagues who offered me DeAndre Aiden straight up for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. No. Um, Mikhail Bridges is the only guy uh, that I might take some shares of here, and that is just due to the matchup, simple, pure, uh, for 5,400. I don't play a lot of Mikhail Bridges, but I reckon he could probably be in play here. He's got a decent enough floor of around 25 DK points, which is uh, all we need at that salary, and he could have an upside game against the terrible Bulls. Uh, the only other notes I have here are, yeah, that potential blowout. So, I mean, Cam Johnson's been relegated to the bench and is only putting in, you know, 15 to 18 minutes a night. But if this does get out of hand at 3,500, he may be worth a shot. Uh, over to the Bulls. I, I have to say I am not interested in Chicago tonight. I'll just keep it really short and sweet. Uh, do you have any interest in any of the Bulls? I actually do have some interest, but very limited, and it's limited okay. to one name and one name only, and that's a guy that has three names, uh, which is a theme of, of a lot of NBA players at this point. It's Wendell <laughs> Carter Jr. Um, he is going to be in play for me uh, against DeAndre Aiden. I think if this game somehow stays close, he's shown consistency over his last two games. It's very hard to trust Wendell Carter Jr. I'm the first person to say that. But as someone that invested in him in season-long fantasy and in DFS very often, I like him coming off of an injury. I think he looks fresh. He looks motivated. And the Bulls are suddenly a team that is, is surging quite a bit. Um, so before we know it, the Bulls are actually in the playoff picture right now. So I think that's something to look forward to. I think there's some buzz in Chicago right now around the Bulls at least making the playoffs. So that's something to consider in this matchup. And that's why I'm going to be looking at Wendell Carter Jr. to keep it close as, as a double-double machine waiting to happen. All right, man. Moving on. We can move on. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. We nearly, we nearly did the jinx thing. Uh, Sacramento Kings. Visiting the Detroit Pistons, this is an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard game. Uh, the Kings are favoured here by three, and the game total is a decent 223.5. Uh, Detroit Pistons injury report, Sadiq Bay has come up as, as questionable. I think he went to the locker room in the last one, uh, but returned. Now he is questionable, and we still have a stack of guys out. Blake Griffin, Killian Hayes, Jalil Okafor, and Delon Wright. Sacramento have not yet submitted their... Um, Injury report. So we'll just jump straight into the Kings here uh, versus the Detroit Pistons. Could be some scoring here. What do you think about Sacramento, Dave? Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Uh, on the Kings side, it's it's really hard for me to really pinpoint who's going to go off. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is definitely going to be a guy that we have to start with um, on most nights. A guy that his price tag has actually dropped now under 8K, uh, which is a perfect opportunity against the Pistons um, backcourt of of Dennis Smith Jr., um, I really expect him to shine in this matchup. Um, I like De'Aaron Fox with a high-ceiling type of potential game at 50 fantasy points. Um, he's probably one of my favorite mid-tier guards. There's quite a few that we've already touched on, um, so it's definitely going to be a, an area we have to take some shots, and I think De'Aaron Fox is a perfect candidate uh, on the Kings' side. and that, That's where my lineup probably starts. Uh, and then as far as any other pieces on the Kings, the only other guy I'm probably looking at against this this Pistons beat-up front court is probably going to be Rashawn Holmes, 5,900. Uh, that price tag is still huddling in that in that mid-5K mid, mid 5K range, slightly higher now, but I still think he has potential for 35 to 40 fantasy points, and at that price tag, especially against the Pistons, I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me on the Kings side. I'm not going to have too much interest in Buddy Heald. He just hasn't really been, been shining too much. Harrison Barnes, 5,500 is going to be more of a GBP play for me, uh, just given his price drop a little bit. 
um, and given the opportunity. Halliburton, I love as a rookie. I, I, as you know, I'm a big rookie supporter, uh, and I think Halliburton has a bright future, and he's coming off some great games recently. I just It's hard to really trust him uh, in this type of matchup against the Pistons. Uh, his price tag has gone up to 6600 um, but despite of the price tag increase, uh, if this game ends up being a blowout, he might get some runs. So it's probably going to be the Aaron Fox number one for me, followed by uh, Halliburton, and then finally Rashawn Holmes rounding it out for me. What about you? Perfect. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, the Pistons are basically uh, down to the lowest stocks that they can find in terms of backcourt guys. And and that's not saying anything horrible about Dennis Smith Jr. or Saban Lee. But uh, yeah, basically they are uh, beat up, as you said. So uh, we can look at Sacramento guys against them at the moment. I think De'Aaron Fox at 7,700 just screams, play me. Uh, it's hard to ignore De'Aaron Fox when he comes down under 8K. Having said that, we do have other guys, as we've already mentioned, CP3, Kyle Lowry. These guys are cheaper again and potential, you know, they have the same potential kind of upside. So uh, I, I also like Halliburton at 6,600 here. This is another dude around this kind of salary who can go off any night. So some shares of uh, Tyrese Halliburton here. Uh, he's had a couple of great upside games uh, recently, uh, one of them being against the Bucks and the other uh, against the Nets. Um, and those, those were in his last two. So I don't mind. 6600 for Halliburton. Uh, he's getting a lot of high minutes now. I love the discount down from Fox as well, uh, although both of them are probably in play. Uh, yeah, so I've also noted Rashawn Holmes here, 5,900, uh, probably over Marvin Bagley, 5,900. Uh, you know, just against Miles Plumley at the center spot for the Pistons. Um, I, I think that's a, a pretty good price for uh, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, if he can't go for some reason, uh, we have seen him in and out of the team a little bit lately, then maybe Marvin Bagley gets some more center minutes and I would have some more interest in playing him. Uh, yeah, and Whiteside's out uh, and I just won't go anywhere near trying to work out, you know, which of the Kings are going to, which of the Kings centers are going to play back up. Uh, but, you know, between Bealicha and Norville Pell and guys like that, I just leave that to other people. Okay, the Pistons. Uh, so we've already had a little chat about the backcourt situation there. We've got Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, he is listed at, I can't find him. Uh, no, can't find him. So, Saban Lee, Thanks, man. 4600 for Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, that's a pretty good price. Uh, you know, for me, though, he is the pivot uh, away from Saban Lee. Oh, I love this kid. Uh, he's he's obviously been thrown into a situation where he's getting minutes. Uh, he's getting props from his coach, Dwayne Casey, recently, uh, to, you know, basically speaking on all the hard work he's put in uh, in the background. And, you know, sometimes... Kids like this just need that opportunity. Delon Wright goes down. Someone has to step up at point guard, and this kid's been doing it nicely. 4,300. Uh, his last score of 28 DK points came in only 21 minutes. Uh, that is pretty impressive. I like Saban Lee here a little more than Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, and at, at the cheaper price as well. Uh, Sadiq Bay questionable. Uh, that only means one thing, and for me, that is, uh, is Svi Mikhailuk going to suit up and start? Uh, if he is starting at 3,400, I will play Svi. Um, uh, you know, it's also against the Kings. Shooting guards against the Kings. Talk to Micah Potria. Uh, they give us, they give up a stack of fantasy points uh, to shooting guards and guards in general. Um, look, and this is not a play I'd usually make. I don't tend to chase, you know, the Norm Powells and the the um, Dante DiVincenzos and the Speed McKay looks who are just pure shooters. But 3,400, if he's given the start, I will have a go there. Uh, Jeremy Grant at 7,300 is pretty enticing as well. Uh, he should be back after resting on a back-to-back. -back, uh, and when he's in, he just carries this team. Uh, the Kings are the ninth fastest-paced team and the worst defensive-rated team this season. So I think we have to look at Jeremy Grant here at 7,300. The ceiling just hasn't really been there for him. But, uh, yeah, if there's a chance to get that ceiling game back in his pocket, it is against the Kings. Uh, that's probably it for me on the Pistons. How about you? Yeah, no, that's a great call. I mean, the, the Pistons are definitely intriguing. Uh, this Saban Lee guy, second-round pick, uh, you mentioned, came out of nowhere, uh, getting minutes, getting rotation minutes, and playing fantastic, earning that praise that you mentioned from the coach, just was putting up fantastic numbers off the bench, making you really wonder what happened to Dennis Smith Jr., a former lottery pick, and, and now is, is, is seemingly getting, given every opportunity in the world to start and get minutes. And this guy comes out of nowhere out of Vanderbilt 
and decides to, to start taking some of his timeshare. So it's just anything to watch. But as far as DFS goes, I have to say Saban Lee, 4,200, 4,300 is going to be my top pick. Um, you mentioned Dennis Smith Jr., 4,300. He's definitely the pivot now. But I still prefer Saban Lee just consistently. I, I just it's hard to trust Dennis Smith Jr. time and time again. He's he's shown that he's just very consistent in the NBA. Um, you know, and certainly a guy that we hope for the best, but but hasn't proven it. Um, so Saban Lee's number one for me and the Pistons. You you touched on it. Jeremy Grant's gonna be back. Uh, he's gonna be ready to go, should be well rested, uh, and has the opportunity to have a nice bounce back effort with forty five fantasy points, which we haven't seen in a few games. But I still think that it's certainly going to be an area that I think he's going to be able to to really touch on and 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 get to that level um, against the Kings front court. I, I don't see it too much um, resistance there. And then you touched on Sabi McKayluk. Um, that's something to monitor. If he gets minutes and he's going to get starter minutes, thirty four hundred is a great price tag to pay for him. It's just so hard to trust a guy like Sabi because he's a guy that's so reliant on getting his shots to fall. Um, and that's something that we have to keep monitoring and see um, if he's going to get started minutes. If he does, then Svi is in play for me. But otherwise, Saban Lee and Jeremy Grant are the only way, the only places I'm going to on, on the Pistons side. Cool. Totally agree. And the nice thing about Saban Lee is he's coming off the bench, so he doesn't get that little starter tag before tip-off. Uh, so it may just sway, you know, your more casual DFS player away to Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, cheap guy getting the start. That doesn't mean he's going to uh, outperform Saban Lee. So I like that play. Uh, moving on to the next one, Los Angeles Clippers at Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, this is an 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have no game total, no spread, uh, and we have no injury reports yet either. Uh, this will be the second half of a back-to-back, uh, and that is uh, two teams who are playing each other right now or played each other earlier. Uh, so, yeah, we just need to keep an eye on news with the back-to-back for both teams, uh, especially on guys like uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So the Clippers, uh, no injury report submitted. We, I guess we just go in assuming that the Clippers studs are playing. Dave, what do you think? Can you play either of these guys? PG at 8,600, Kawhi at 9,100. Yeah, you definitely mentioned it. It's certainly interesting because you just touched on it. It's a back-to-back against this very same Memphis team. And, and boy, did I get that this wrong because uh, it, they're coming off a game where the Grizzlies absolutely blew them out um, as we recorded this pod. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I, from a Leonard and Paul George perspective, I'll probably still lean Paul George over Kawhi Leonard. I think a bounce-back game is going to be in the cards here for both guys. Um, and I love Paul George. I think he's got potential um, to really explode here. 8,600, I'll take the salary savings all day, and he should be able to put up 50, 55 fantasy points, especially in a bounce-back motivated effort. Um, I love Paul George here. Uh, and then, again, Kawhi has potential, um, but, again, we don't know if he's going to be able, to, he's gonna be playing uh, the full allotment of minutes, but this game was a blowout uh, in this last one, so I, I much prefer... Um, much more Paul George in this matchup. And then as far as any other Clippers go, uh, it's really tough to trust anyone else, uh, just given how much usage Paul George and Kawhi Leonard command. Um, the only other guy I'm really going to be looking at potentially is Avika Zubac at 4,400. Um, he's starting to get consistent minutes off the bench, uh, and I think he has the most potential for, um, for a double-double. And, and, and that low salary, uh, a guy that we can definitely take some shots on and, and, and have full confidence in. And, and that's, that's pretty much it for me on the Clippers side. What about you? I'm pretty much in exactly the same place. We won't spend too long here, I don't think. Uh, I will be looking at Paul George at 8,600. Uh, that is a nice salary saving, you know, for a stud off of some guys coming up later who are a bit more expensive. I don't mind PG at 8,600. Kawhi, 9,100. Uh, sure, if we know he's playing, he's in play as well. Always uh, these two are studs and uh, they are priced, you know, fairly appropriately here, I guess. Um, it's pretty funny though. I set up this uh, little, my notes here, expecting a blowout. Uh, and it was a blowout. I was just expecting it the other way. 122 to 94 is the uh, finishing score in that one. And it was Memphis who did the blowing out. Unbelievable. Uh, I like your call on Zubac. I like to see him get, I would like to see him get more minutes. I I think he's an excellent center. Uh, 4,400. I will pay that, uh, you know, knowing that we are probably going to get a little bit of increased run on the second night of a back-to-back, I would hope. Other than that, I don't have too much interest in the Clippers. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. 
Who do you have here, Dave? What are your thoughts? Uh, the, you know, the, the teams, uh, I don't know which team is showing up any given night here for Memphis. It's, it's you know, beat the Clippers by 30 and then lose by 30. It's very hard to keep track of. Uh, who do you have interest in here for the Grizzlies? Yeah, you touched on it. It's certainly going to be difficult to trust anyone in the Grizzlies. I mean, you know, if we look at the game, uh, but they blew out the Clippers just now. I mean, it, it's it's going to look. We're going to start with Jonas Valanciunas as a guy that we're going to be targeting. I I think in the price reduction of six thousand eight hundred, I think that's a great salary uh, for Jonas Valanciunas and, and a time to really attack him. Um, I don't see any any reason why the Clippers are going to be able to stop him. He's a double double machine every time he steps on the court, and I actually like him quite a bit. Uh, at six thousand eight hundred, I think he's he's going to be solidly in play for me. Uh, and then the only other guy I'm really going to be looking at is going to be Kyle Anderson, uh, Mr. Slow-Mo, 6,200, um, a guy that put up 32 fantasy points just just as recent as tonight, uh, and a guy very consistent as they come, but a solid GPP option um, just, just given this matchup. And that's pretty much it. It's, it's hard to really trust John Morant, um, a guy that you know absolutely has been shining recently, um, didn't play a lot of minutes uh, just given the blowout nature. Um, of the game against the Clippers, but he's a guy that's going to be in play. But for me, it's going to start and end for the most part with Jonas Valanciunas, and, and that's about it. I can't trust anyone else on the Grizzly side, despite the blowout. What about you? What about on, on your end? Yeah, I'm in exactly the same place. We are straight down the line with each other tonight. I love it. Uh, thinking the same kind of things, uh, which usually means we are on the right track. Uh, Valanciunas is the only guy I'm looking at here. 6,800. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Clippers are a tough defensive team. <clears throat> they weren't tonight, but, you know, uh, usually they are, and I don't like to play guys who have to, you know, face up against Kawhi and Paul George too much. Um, so I am looking at Valanciunas at 6,800. Uh, that's probably where I'm starting and finishing with this Memphis team, Kyle Anderson, um, absolutely, you know, solid floor, 6,200. It's a, he's not a very sexy play. Uh, and I think I'd just rather play some other guys and, and Valanci- uh, other guys in the, in the fixture from other teams and Valanciunas. And that, that's probably it for me. So we can probably skip ahead to the next one, uh, which is the Utah Jazz uh, visiting Miami Heat. This is an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game as well. No game total, no spread. Uh, and that is probably because we're waiting on a stack of uh, fairly important injury news from the Heat. Uh, Dave, if you've heard anything that I haven't here, let me know. But uh, Miami, questionable Bam Adebayo, questionable Tyler Hero. So that is why uh, there is no game total or spread. Uh, Avery Bradley still out, Myers Leonard still out, and Gabe Vincent is probable. For the Utah Jazz, nobody of consequence that we have to worry about. Uh, look, I- I'm not really sure I have a ton of interest here in this game. It's probably going to be fairly slow beat down defense on both sides of the ball uh we did see this matchup recently um and it wasn't good for the heat uh from a fantasy perspective and i expect this to be fairly similar uh, i have a couple of targets on the heat maybe one only uh on the jazz sorry maybe one only but why don't you break down the jazz team yeah no you definitely touched on it i mean this is a game that is it's tough to really understand what the game total is going to be just because of all these questionable tags and on the Jazz side, I think it's interesting because a lot of the, the guys are back and healthy, and we've seen what a healthy Jazz team can do, and they've just been absolutely on a tear uh, as soon as the calendar year turned 2021. I mean, this team can't lose at this point. Um, yeah. and, who saw and, this and coming, by the way? I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Utah Jazz fans out there can can uh, lie and put your hands up and say we knew this was going to happen, but I'm not sure that many of us did. So sorry, mate, to jump in there. Just just keep going now. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. They're reminiscent of the Atlanta Hawks of, of uh, a few years back when, when they were just a, a solid overall team that just had no flaws whether it's starters or bench, any guy can just come in and, and score at, at nauseum. And that's what they've been doing at this point. So um, as far as the Jazz go, it's hard to trust anyone. Donovan Mitchell, 8,500, is just too expensive. Um, Mike Conley, 6,100, just coming back from injury. He's a guy that normally I'd be targeting. He's coming off a, a great effort against the Lakers and another blowout, which is just a theme of the Jazz at this point. Um, and I, I like Conley. He's probably my, one of my favorite plays on the Jazz. Um, but he's going to be more of a tournament look for me. Uh, the only other guy that I can really say that I'm going to be looking at consistently in this game is going to be Rudy Gobert at 7,200. He's probably my main target, despite some, some lackadaisical efforts over his last few games, which have been blowouts. 
if this game ends up staying close, which I hope uh, for DFS sake, um, Rudy Gobert is my favorite play, followed by Conley, and that's it. I'm not going to go anywhere else, just given how deep the Jazz are, especially with all these guys back. Um, do you like anyone on the Jazz at all? <laughs> we have this Vulcan mind meld thing going on tonight. It is absolutely um, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert for me. Uh, Rudy Gobert at 7,200. Uh, that is a play for me if Bam at a bio sits. If Bam sits, uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, heat front court stopping Rudy Gobert. I think uh, they would have to play who pressure such or someone like that. I, I just don't see who stops Gobert. So I like Gobert at 7,200 a lot if Bam sits, uh, less if Bam is playing probably. Uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, you said it. 8,500 is too much for me for Don at the moment. And uh, Mike Connolly is the only other guy we'll look at here at 6,100. Um, you know... It's it's a great price for Mike Connolly. I just worry a little bit about the Heat defense, but we do have some movement on the other side of the ball there as well. So let's swing into it. Uh, Miami Heat, I, I have to say I'm not interested in too many guys here uh, if the news is that Hero and Bam both play. However, if Bam goes out, I think things really open up and I would be very interested in having a look at Precious Achua uh, at the lowest price we can possibly get on DraftKings at 3K. He's likely to get minutes even if he doesn't start, he's still probably going to have to play 22 to 26 minutes and the kid's a point per minute beast. 3K, he could absolutely crush that in 20 minutes. Uh, so I would like the look of him if Bam is out. And also Kelly Olynyk at 4,600. Um, that's a that's a play if Bam is out as well. He's he's potentially going to have to slide to the five maybe, um, and the Heat may have to play small. So there'll be more shots, there'll be more rebounds uh, available if Bam sits. Uh, Kelly Olynyk at forty six hundred is just kind of bit a bit of a uh, I don't know blindfolded dart throw I guess you could say. Um, and again, if it's based on the news of either Bam or Hero sitting, uh, I will then look at Jimmy Butler at 9,400. But one of those guys has to be out. If both of them are out, I think Jimmy Butler's a lock at 9,400 from a usage standpoint. His floor's been around. His floor has been around 45 DK points. So uh, he's only had a couple of you know lower games thrown in there since he stepped on the court this season and those ones were 37 37 DK point returns so you know his floor is absolutely uh, as strong as you can think of uh, at the moment and uh, yeah I, I just think if if we see both of those guys sits, uh, sit someone has to score the ball and that is going to be Butler uh, that is it for me on the heat uh, what about yourself yeah it's tough to trust anyone in the heat I mean you touched on it if Bam Adebayo sits uh, fire up Pressure Chua, like you mentioned, and forget about it. He's he's going to be uh, as chalky as they come if we get the Bam at a bio news. Um, so that's something we want to monitor, especially if we're looking at differentiating lineups. I mean, that price is just so hard to pass up. If he gets 20, 25 minutes, despite of a blowout, he should get a consistent run. Um, so I like Pressure Chua a lot. And then you touched on it, Jimmy Butler at 9,400 is going to be in play. That price tag is high. But someone has to get the usage on the heat, especially if Bam sits. And Jimmy Butler has triple-double written all over him in this type of matchup. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I, th I think we can close the book uh, on the heat. I'm not going to have interest in, in any of the other guys. Goran Dragic coming back from injury. Uh, anyone else. Uh, Kelly Olenek, I, I'm not going to have too much interest in just because he's been burning me recently in season-long fantasy. <laughs> and that alone, Yeah, he'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> that alone is, is makes me... Uh, just wary of, of putting him and trusting him in DFS lineup. So Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I hold grudges, man. I will hold grudges on dudes if they let me down and they blow a lineup for me that was looking good. I will hold that grudge probably longer than I ever sh I ever should, and that's just, I reckon that's probably standard DFS thinking, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, all right, so we'll slide on to the next one. Uh, Atlanta Hawks at Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this is another 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, the Nope, the Hawks are favoured by three and a half, and the game total is 223 and a half. We have a little bit of injury to, news to get through here. Atlanta Hawks, Bogdan Bogdanovich is still out. Chris Dunn, DeAndre Hunter are still out, and Cam Reddish is questionable. Uh, for the OKC Thunder, Trevor Ariza, Hamadou Diallo, George Hill, 
Al Horford on the on the back to back, I would imagine, uh, and Ty Jerome are all out. Uh, other guys, G League guys, we don't really need to worry about. So, Dave, this should be a fairly high pace game. I would have thought. Uh, there's always spots that we can target against the Hawks. Who do you like for? Oh, we're going to start with the Hawks though. Who do you like for Atlanta? Yeah, on the Atlanta side, I mean Trey Young, 9900. I mean he's just been absolutely balling recently. I mean. It's it's hard to to fathom, you know. Trey Young is, is a guy that I think you know is we we can safely say is an all star snub if I've ever seen one. I know that the Hawks are terrible, but it's not his fault. He's putting up just all star numbers all season long, um, and he's he's put up almost over fifty fantasy points every game recently uh, over his last few. Um, so I think that price tag is, is certainly in play. He's a guy that should be over 10K, and he's at 9,900. So I love him quite a bit, especially against the Thunder. He's my favorite play in this game, most likely. Um, as we talk about the Thunder, there's, there's some opportunities there, too. But I digress. Trey Young, number one for me. And then we can take some shots on Danilo Gallinari. I know his price tag shot up at 5,000 after that just outrageous shooting effort in the last one. Um, but only shot up three hundred dollars. So I think Gallinari is going to be absolutely in play yet again at at only five thousand. If he puts up thirty to thirty five fantasy points, suddenly he's already hitting value and exceeding value. So I don't think he's going to make ten threes necessarily against the Thunder. But I also think that he's going to be a guy that we're going to be looking at. He's going to be higher owned than usual, um, just because of that blow, just because of that performance in the last one. But I still love Gallinari on on the Hawks side, and that's. That's pretty much it. I'm not going to have too much interest in John Collins, 6,400. There's a lot of trade rumors and speculations going around. He's not getting consistent minutes uh, in, in any of these games coming off uh, concussion-like symptoms uh, in recent games. I just It's hard to really trust John Collins, despite the nice mid-tier price tag. I don't like Collins. And then same can be said about Clint Compella. We just haven't been able to see that ceiling game out of him recently. Um, and the 7,800... I'm not going to take too many shots at a guy that's almost 8K. I'd much rather prefer to take the savings and go go bear. Um, and and that's, that's it for me. What about you? Yeah, man. Uh, look, Gallo at, at 5K, it's, it's not about chasing that, um, that massive, ridiculous shooting night that he's just had 55 DK points with 10 threes, as you said. But it's the minutes, 33 minutes or more of Danilo Gallinari at 5K is all I need to see. Um, you know, we still have guys out. Um, we still have guys questionable. So monitor the news, of course. But if Danilo's going to come in off the bench and play 33 minutes, uh, I will play him every day of the week at 5K. The, the guy can shoot the three like nobody's business. Um, and, you know, he, he gets boards. He's, he's a big fella. 5K is just too cheap for a dude playing that many minutes. So I like him. Uh, I'm actually going to go just away from Trey Young in this one. I just think we've got some options uh, at point guard and guard sh- uh, shooting guard that we've already touched on. Another another few coming up uh, that just just have me steering away from Trey. As you said, he's a monster at the moment. Uh, I just think I will play other guys and see if I can get on the better side of some ownership. Um if I'm going to target OKC, though, I do like to target them uh, with the big men. I will play Clint, Clint Capella here. Uh, Collins, no, but Capella, yes, at 7,800. Uh, just, a, just a few shares. It's, just, it's an expensive price for Clint Capella, but uh, it, this, is, this is the kind of matchup where uh, I can see huge rebound game potential. Uh, he, he grabbed 16 boards against the Cavs. He grabbed 16 against Boston, 18 against the Knicks. And I can just see similar rebound numbers here coming for Clint. So uh, if he can throw in some points for us and some defensive number, uh, I think he might blow this salary right out of the water. Look, he's not my favorite play on the card. I just just have a shining little a little shining in my eye for Clint Capella in this matchup. So I think I'll play him. Uh, cool. Uh, I will leave the other guys alone, Rondo Huerta. Oh, I sounded like you when I said that. I think I might have picked that up from you. Uh, I've got the Huerta name down and Cam Reddish. Very impressive. Uh, <laughs> it was better than the old Aussie just straight out. Kevin Herter, no. Um, uh, yeah, so the point was Rondo, Huerta, Reddish. I think I'm just leaving those guys to other people. Charlotte Hornets at the Golden State Warriors. This is a late game, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It does have a decent game total of 233 and a half. And the Warriors... One second, Brendan. You just missed the thunder. Oh, did I? You're absolutely right. Let's go back and talk about the thunder. 
Uh, okay, you're right. I didn't have them noted down here. My apologies. Let's just click over here onto the thunder. So we got SGA at 8-8, eight, eight, and we have some other guys. Uh, we also know that uh, Al Horford is out, so Isaiah Roby's going to be, you know, everybody's little fantasy darling for the day, a 4,900. Yeah, that's okay. I don't mind it. 4,900 for, for a guy um, who's going to play starters minutes. It's always enticing. Uh, I do not play Lou Dort at 4,800. He's that OG Anna Obi type of guy who is going to have a 30 actual point outburst at some point, but I just can't do it at 4,800. Uh, I would still probably look at uh, Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 8,800. He has to be considered in play against this Atlanta defense. Uh, it's going to be a pace-up game. We're going to have lots of fantasy scoring, so I will take shots at Shea. Um, again, I think we have some other guards uh, that I like a little more, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with playing Gilgis Alexander here. Uh, Basley, 5,200 has been underwhelming. Uh, I can't quite recall what he did in his last game, um, but yeah, not for me at the moment. And Theo Maladon at 4,500. Uh, that's a good play, especially when you're talking about a starting point guard going up against Trey Young. We talk about it every time the Hawks play. Uh, Theo Maladon at 4,500. That could be a 35 DK point night for the young man. So I will have a crack at him as well in a few lineups yourself dave now that we're actually talking about the thunder who do you have interest in yeah no you definitely touched on it i mean when we're talking about the thunder uh theo maladon is where i'm going to start 4100 i know he's been very consistent since he's come back um from his little covid spell uh but he's a guy that can just rack up defensive numbers uh and he hasn't really been able to really have that game a real shining game since he's gone down. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity against the Hawks to really see a, a kind of a ceiling type of game with Theo. So I like him at 4,500, and he's going to be extremely low-owned to boot. So that's something to keep in mind, especially if we're looking at tournaments and, and trying to differentiate your lineups. I like Theo Maladon a lot. Uh, the only other guy I'm looking at is Tarsana Shai. Shea Georges, I can't pronounce that. Shea Gildress Alexander. There you go. You know, just as a soon, couple of tries. As soon as you don't think about it, you can get it. Well done. 100%. 100%. So he is <laughs> going to be my favorite play in the Thunder, um, a guy that's really starting to, to shine and is going to be an all-star next season. Just mark your calendars. He's going to be a first-time all-star next year, no question Ooh. about it. Um, yep. Um, you I'm heard it here. Mark it. Um, so he's a guy coming off a 61-point effort against, against the, the Spurs. I love him. I think he's really taking the, the reins of, of the offense and showing why he's the alpha dog on, on this team. Uh, and he's my favorite play on the Thunder. And then the only guy I'm looking at otherwise is going to be Al Horford at 6,400. I think he definitely is a guy uh, brings that veteran leadership. He's also, he's also out for this game. So disregard what I just said about Al Horford. <laughs> you um, may need to look elsewhere. He may not bring back value if he's not yeah. playing. Agreed. Agreed. So... <laughs> So I will be going Isaiah Roby, but 4900 is a bit of a high price tag to pay uh, for Roby despite the guaranteed minutes in this game. Um, so he's a guy that's going to be more of a GPP play versus a standalone play uh, on that front. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. I think we can jump right into the next one. <laughs> Perfect. Now that we've actually covered a team that is playing. The Charlotte Hornets are next up and they take on the Golden State Warriors at Golden State. This is a 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game as well. We do have a game total that is 233 and a half, as I got to before, I think. And the Warriors are favoured by six. Uh, we have no injury report for either team, which is kind of weird because neither of these teams are playing tonight, as far as I'm aware. So not sure what's going on there. Uh, yeah, Hornets, Warriors. It's probably going to be the highest game total on the uh, card tonight, Dave. So we have to probably have some interest. Let's start with the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, no, you touched on it. With the highest game total, Charlotte Hornets is, versus the Warriors is going to be interesting. Um, some interesting storylines. LaMelo Ball, uh, who is the by far probably the, the favorite, um, almost a lock for Rookie of the Year. Uh, ever since he's been inserted into the starting lineup, he's really shined as well. Um, so I like LaMelo Ball quite a bit. I think he's not, he's not going to be particularly heavily owned, um, but he's been consistent at 41 fantasy points over his last two. He does have a ceiling, as we've seen, of 55 fantasy points, 
So I expect closer to, to 50 fantasy points in this game against the Warriors. I think that the primetime atmosphere against going up against Steph Curry will light a fire under LaMelo Ball. Uh, and I think he's going to be a great place to start. I'm not going to have a lot, a lot of interest in Terry Rozier, his um, his backcourt bait. 8400 is a bit too expensive to pay for Rozier, despite some of reaching the string of, of great performances. I don't like uh, I don't, I don't like Rozier too much. Uh, the only other guy I'm looking at really uh, is going to be P.J. Washington, but he's going to be more of a GBP, GBP type of play, um, just given what he's been doing recently. Um, I think he's definitely more GBP related uh, just because he's been up and down, very inconsistent recently. And as you like, as you know, my favorite game of playing the uh, bounce back game card, and I think this is the perfect game for P.J. Washington to have a bounce back 30-35 point effort against the Warriors, uh, especially against the Warriors' weak front court. I love P.J. Washington. And that's where my interest kind of starts and ends with the Hornets. What about you? Yeah, fair enough, man. Look, P.J. Washington, I do have noted down here, but it's only as DraftKings have Cody Zeller listed it as questionable. I'm not sure where they got that news because there is no injury report yet, but uh, he's listed as questionable on DraftKings. So I will definitely have a lot of interest in P.J. Washington at 5,400 if Zeller can't go. Um, yeah, I mean, the other option there is Bismack Biombo and Yuck. Uh, I, even at 3,300 if Bismack gets uh, the start, I think I would rather just play it safe with PJ at 54. Um, yeah, Rosier, 8,400. That's just way out of control high for me. I'm not paying that much for Terry Rosier. He's coming off the back of uh, 25 DK points. And before that, he had 19.2 DK points. And he gets a price bump of $500. Cool. Thanks for that, DraftKings. Pass. Uh, yeah, uh, look, LaMelo Ball, what what a gun. I love watching the kid play, but 8,700, that is just a little bit out of the, the salary range for me. Um, I just keep coming back to the guys that we've spoken about already in Kyle Lowry, uh, Chris Paul. Uh, I will play those guys at cheaper uh salaries than 8700 for ball he's a gun no doubt about it it's a decent matchup i just think we can do better uh that is probably it for me on the hornets as well let's swing across to the warriors steph curry hornets defense under 10k what is your take on playing steph tonight my take is absolutely fire him up you fire steph curry up with confidence i mean Look at his recent games, and you'll see that he's a guy that's been averaging over 50 fantasy points over his last few games, um, and a guy that has been showing that he can get fantasy points despite shooting poorly from the field. In his last four games, he has yet to crack 42% from the field, which is astounding for a shooter of his caliber. So just put that in perspective. He's still averaging over 50 fantasy points despite shooting under 42% from the field. So Put, put that recipe together and expect a huge bounce back effort. Uh, and if he shoots anywhere near 45, 46% from the field, he should, he should exceed 60 fantasy points with ease in this matchup. So Steph Curry is my favorite play. I like him a little bit more than Trey young, even uh, at a similar price tag. Um, there's, it's hard to, to really fade him. And then I also like Kelly Oubre uh, as far as the front court goes, 6,800. I know that price tag is getting up there. But he's been showing a lot more consistency over his recent games. Uh, you know, despite the last game where he only put up 23 fantasy points, the three games before that he had over 40 uh, fantasy points. So that's something to consider as we go. But Kelly Oubre is going to be more of a GBP play for me. Uh, and then the only other guy I'm looking at, it has to be Mr. Draymond Green. Um, I don't know what got into him uh, recently, but I could not be any, any happier in my season-long fantasy leagues, I have Draymond Green in one of my big money ones. And let me tell you, it's been a revelation having a guy that can, 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 can average almost a triple-double. And now that he's actually scoring for the first time all season, coming off uh, almost triple-double with 12 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists, I mean, $6,900 is still a very reasonable price tag for him uh, coming off 47-point fantasy effort. So I love Draymond Green. So it goes Curry number one followed by Draymond, and then distant third, Kelly Oubre, and that squares it up for me on the Warriors. 
Yeah, the, these are the three guys I have written down again, Dave. Uh, we are just crushing it tonight. Uh, look, I, I think Kelly Oubre is probably just starting to get a little high at 6,800. I just did want to note him as we do want some exposure to the Charlotte defense. So, look, if you're in a game stack situation, uh, game, game scripting, the high game total and things like that, then sure, Oubre is absolutely in play. I don't think I'll be going too much to him outside of that game stack scenario. Uh, Draymond Green, 6 6,900. Uh, I, I love this matchup for Draymond. Absolutely. We, we have touched on some other big guys at around this kind of price, but I think Draymond Green is perfectly in play here. Uh, yes, he's finally pulled his finger out and, uh, yeah, even scoring a little bit. And and I have him in one of my season-long fantasy leagues as well. Uh, and it's the last thing I look at is is the scoring for Draymond Green. Like, that's just a... a that's just cream on top. If he hits some points, great. Uh, it's the steals, it's the blocks, it's the rebounds, it's the assists. Uh, 6,900, he's in a great place here, especially if Cody Zeller is out. If Cody Zeller can't go, Draymond is going to walk into the value there, no problems. Steph Curry versus the Hornets. I don't think we need to touch on it too much longer. Uh, this is a guy who is still uh, shooting over 20 shot attempts a game. Uh, he's still playing 36 minutes every game. He, As you mentioned, he's not shot over 40% in any of those last four games. So everything is adding up to Super Steph tonight. I like him as the uh, probably the number one high-priced uh, guy on this game card. Uh, and yes, we are going to get to Portland and Lakers next. I like Steph Curry more than those two studs that we're going to touch on right now. Portland Trailblazers at Los Angeles Lakers. It is a 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, the Lakers are favoured by four and a half. Hmm. And uh, Trailblazers, uh, sorry, it, the game total is 220 and a half. As you can imagine, we have some injury new, news on both sides here. Anthony Davis is out. LeBron James is probable. He's playing. Kyle Kuzma is probable. He's probably playing. Markeith Morris is probable. And Dennis Schroeder is probable. That's a lot of probables. It's a weird word to say that many times in a row. Um, and over on the Portland side of the ball, Zach Collins, Harry Giles, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, the usual suspects. Lillard versus the Lakers, Mr. Menkoff, can you play him at 10-1? I mean, it's hard not to play Lillard on most slates, just given the usage that he's been gathering recently um, against the Lakers, especially the Lakers are coming off an absolute blowout against the Jazz. So I think the Lakers are going to be more, more, are going to be more motivated. But I also think on the flip side, on the Trailblazer side, I think Damon Lillard is going to have another 50-55 point effort. Just because he gets so much usage, like I mentioned, uh, especially with CJ McCollum out and it continues to remain out, I think Lillard is going to be the alpha dog. And again, this is going to be a, a, a nice matchup for him uh, going up against LeBron. I think he's going to be extremely motivated. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to put up a, a nice ceiling type of game. And the price tag is also um, almost at 10000 even. Um, so I'm going to have interest in him. Not as much as you mentioned, also an alignment as not as much as Steph Curry, but I'm still going to have Damian Lillard uh, interest as well. Um, it's going to be more of a tournament play for me, uh, just given the matchup against the Lakers. And then as far as the Blazers go, the only the only other guy I'm really looking at on the Blazers side, it would have to be um, Derek Jones Jr. of V200 um, is a guy that we can look at just because he's a guy that can get steals, blocks, do a little bit of everything. Coming off a 31-point effort, 31-point fantasy effort, apologies, against the Nuggets. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for another type of 30, 35-point effort. The price tag did jump a little bit, um, so he might be more of a GBP type of play just given the price tag. But despite of all that, um, he's my second favorite play on the Blazers side, and that's it for me on the Blazers. Yeah, cool. Uh, I was looking at Derek Jones Jr. at 5,200 as well. He's... he's found himself to be a fairly consistent and safe floor kind of DFS guy at the moment. You know, he scores around 30 to 34 DK points, 5,200. That's not a bad price. If you just fall there, I'm not not going out of my way to, to plug him into lineups first or anything. But if you've got 5,200 left over and you fall into Derek Jones Jr. at small forward, sure, no problems. Uh, Covington at 6K is kind of that guy as well. Uh, he has had a salary decrease of $400. I don't mind him at 6K 
with no uh, Anthony Davis on the defensive end. And just keep in mind that Rocco missed all five of his shot attempts in the last one. So don't just read a fantasy score and just dismiss him immediately. Uh, I think he's fairly uh, fairly solidly in play for cash at 6K. Lillard, 10-1. Yeah, it's just fine. I mean, it, as you said, he's just you know, soaking up all the usage that one player can possibly take on one team. Um, and I think it's an absolutely fine play. He's probably going to blow that salary um, value, pardon me, and and blow it out of the water. I just like Curry a little bit more. Uh, we get a $400 uh, saving that, that may come in handy elsewhere. Who knows? Uh, I, I like Lillard as a, as a pivot probably off of Curry and some of the other guys that we have been talking about. I mean, it, it's hard, so hard to ignore this guy. Re- returns of 54, 66, 79, 61, and 57. That's his last – that's that's five out of his last six fantasy games. So, yeah, counting him out completely is just something that you can never do. Los Angeles Lakers, uh, 10-7 for LeBron. Uh, I'm not sure that I am paying that, Dave. I just think I like other guys that we've already spoken about much more. Um, I am worried about what the Lakers are actually, how the Lakers are performing at the moment. Um, normally with AD out, you just go to LBJ. Uh, he only played 26 minutes, I think, in the last one and only put up 30-odd fantasy points. So I can't trust LeBron at the moment. The only other guy that I would be even slightly considering would be Kyle Kuzma, and that 6,300 salary is not fantastic. It's better than the last one we saw at 6,700, uh, but it's only mild interest on Kuzma. Maybe some low shares of LeBron as pivots away from the other high guys. Uh, I guess I am just not sold on many Lakers here. Oh, De- uh, Dennis Schroeder. So Schroeder is uh, questionable. I guess that brings up whoever the Lakers decide to start at point guard, whether it's Alex Caruso uh, at 3,700 or somebody else. It might be Wes Matthews that they slide into the lineup. I won't play Matthews if he starts, uh, but I will play Caruso. So at 3,700 versus Dame Lillard defense, um, that's probably worth a bottom of the barrel blindfolded dart throw. Uh, what about yourself on the Lakers here, Dave? Can you play LBJ and do you have interest in anybody else? Yeah, the Lakers are tough. I mean, we saw them shake up their lineup recently. Um, and I have to say on the Lakers side, it's going to be interesting. LeBron is definitely not a guy that I'm not going to be looking at. You know, it's a guy. He's a guy that I've been fading for the most part this entire DFS season, and I'm going to continue to do so um, with with some level of confidence as well. Uh, despite of his MVP numbers, I just don't see him having just enough to carry this team with all of their injuries and the injuries that that are piling up for the Lakers. I think they're in real trouble, uh, and it's something that we have to monitor as we as we get into the the heart of the season. So I'm not going to play LeBron. The guy I'm looking at actually is the other small forward in this game is Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, if he gets the starters minutes again, he's priced only 3,600, which is just a great value. Put up, he played 30 minutes, shot three of 12 in the last one against the Jazz, and had 21 fantasy points. If he makes some jump shots and is able to facilitate what we've seen in the preseason, I love Talon Horton Tucker in a starting role. I think he's going to be heavily owned, but for good reason. Um, and I think he's my favorite play in the Lakers. Uh, despite the matchup, I think he's, he's, he's going to be absolutely in play for me. And that's really it for me. I guess the only other guy I'm looking at, sorry, I forgot to mention, is Markeith Morris. If he starts as well, 3,100, um, a guy that, that can score, can get some rebounds, coming off a 28-minute effort where he did put up 24 fantasy points. Um, I like him a, a bit as well. Um, if, if he starts again. So it all comes down to starters minutes and, and that, that pretty much sums up the Lakers for me. Perfect, man. I think we're done. I think we're wrapped up. I think we've covered every team, every game, every possible way you could look at DFS tonight. Uh, I want to thank you, Dave. Uh, it's good to be back on here with you, man. Um, I know it's getting late over there, so we will let you and the good people out of here. But before we go, uh, you can go find David Mankoff on Twitter at dmank33. That's D-M-E-N-K-3-3. Uh, you can find myself at Terrain72. So that's T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. Uh, and also, guys, before you you close your podcast app just uh drop us a quick rate and review if you can give us a thumbs up give us five stars you know we appreciate it uh it helps us with our um sponsors and also just feeling good about ourselves uh won't keep you much longer guys uh dave take us out who's your favorite play on the slate tonight favorite play is stephen curry absolutely and what about you 
Yeah, no, it can't go past Steph. I'd, I still keep swinging back to uh, Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. I will have some shares of all three of those guys. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, you have a good one over there. We'll catch up with you next week. And all you guys out there in DFS land, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. This has been Hoop Balls DFS today. We are smashing daily NBA fantasy with you. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.